0: This show contains movie spoilers and swearing. to another episode of Bite Size Cinema. I'm your host R.J. McCready and for this episode we're going to take you back to 1988 to look at the action classic movie with uh, John McClane and that is Die Hard. And joining me for the show today is the international man of mystery himself. Some people say that he once owned a Olympic medal but he ate it. So there you go. Kung Fu Dave, welcome to the show man.
1: Hello, RJ. Yeah, I did eat this uh, Olympic medal, and it was um, it was almost like a chocolate coin inside. It was uh,
0: pretty cool man. I mean, pretty you
1: tasty, know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think you... that's what they uh, they they tell everyone that they're solid gold, but no, they're just all chocolate coins. Chocolate coins, so, yeah.
0: yeah, clad in <laughs> clad in gold, silver
1: <laughs> foil. If anyone out there, anywhere that ever gets their hands on an Olympic medal, then give it a try. <laughs> you <be> surprised?
0: <laughs> yeah. Don't put it in your pocket cuz it'll melt. <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> How are you doing anyway Dave? You all right? You um, um Yeah. You was out on a Christmas do and I understand you was nursing a hangover yesterday. Oh, oh
1: god, yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. I mean, it was a really good Christmas do. Um Yeah, we went out in, in a place called Putney in London. Yeah. Um, I mean, for a Tuesday night, I was um so I was pleasantly surprised how many people there are were out and about, but I guess it's the time of the year, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and I guess everybody wants to get back out again after lockdown and everything, don't they? So
1: Well yeah. Uh, well God, what's happening at the moment with Boris's speech yesterday?
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: can B. What's that about, eh?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Wasn't that a wasn't that a singer back in the early two thousands, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs>
1: I was thinking he was going to come on, on on the podium and give us a song when he said Plum B. I was like...
0: Was it, he He kind of... <taxation> <Yeah>. mm. <laughs> <laughs> he had a bit of a high-pitched voice, didn't he, this geezer? Yeah. He looked, He was a bit of a geezer, wasn't he? But he had this real sort of high-pitched voice. Um, he was in a film as well, wasn't he? He was in... Um, oh, they did a remake, didn't they? Oh, no, they did a film version of... It was a Ray Winston film. Please... The Sweeney. He was in The Sweeney, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. He probably t- tried to take up acting, didn't
0: he? Yeah, he had a go. It, it, it didn't quite work out. And it was Ray Winston, you know, oh, yeah, I'm hard, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. But we're not talking about uh, The Sweeney today. We are talking about a police movie. So, um, should we go to the Nakatomi Plaza, Dave?
1: oh my god i'd love to go there mate let's do it right now okay then what we'll
0: do is we will play you a trailer we'll be
2: back soon it's christmas eve in la california is daddy coming home with you well we'll see what santa and mommy can do okay a new york cop john mclean has come to see his wife instead he's going to have to save her Sit down. Within this skyscraper, high above the city, twelve terrorists have declared war. They're about to be taught a lesson in the real use of power.
0: They're as brilliant because I am interested in the six hundred and forty million dollars in gold. As they are ruthless. But I'm telling
2: you, you're just gonna have to kill. Me. Okay. We do it the hard way. Now, the last thing McLean wants. Think, damn it, think is to be a hero. Where's Where? But he doesn't have a choice. What does he think he's doing?
3: Good <laughs> job.
1: They have already killed one hostage.
3: This channel is reserved for emergency calls only. Lady, I sound like i am to pieces? He's
2: inside? Who is no, he? Who are you then? You are lost troublesome for a security guard. Sorry, wrong guess, huh? Would you like to go to double jeopardy? Do you really think you have a chance against our sophisticated? cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, mother...
3: But you just destroyed a building. And I am in charge of this situation.
2: Well, I got some bad news for you from up here that look like you're in charge of Jack. Check- he is alone, He is tired, and he hasn't seen Disney Squad from anybody down here. <laughs> hey pal, how you feelin? Whole thing's being equal. I'd rather be in Philadelphia. I
3: want blood and you have it. Only John can drive somebody that crazy.
1: <laughs> He's an easy guy to like.
2: Come out to the coast, we'll get together, have a few laughs. And a hard man to kill. Bruce Willis. Die hard. Got invited to the Christmas party by
0: mistake. Who knew? And welcome back, everybody. The synopsis of this film is a New York police officer tries to save his wife and several others taken hostage by German terrorists during a Christmas party at the Nakatomi Plaza in L.A. It's uh, got 8.2 on IMBD, it's uh, just over 2 hours run time. It was directed by John McTierman who did um, a couple of other movies, one being Predator before this, so he was he was on fire during this time. And it's starring Bruce Willis, Alan Rickman, Bonnie Bedelia, and Reginald Vale Johnson. So Dave, Die Hard. Do I yes. need to say whether you like this movie or not?
3: <laughs>
1: I love this movie, RJ. Mm. I love this movie. Um, yeah, I,
0: I, I think it was
1: um, when I watched it the first time. I was probably about 14, 13 maybe. Yeah. Um, and it was like the... Kind of introdu- introduction to um, action, crazy action films for me. I think, yeah. Um, you know, you got this good ass, badass guy, a bad cop, like, um, you know, saving saving his, uh, well, his what, well, his wife's, um, wife's colleagues isn't it? in the Katomi Tower. But yeah, I just when I watched it, I was like, wow, this is epic! Like, fantastic action! Like, one guy against all these burly yeah. old terrorists from Germany.
0: <laughs> i know yeah i mean that's for the times you know because it's you know german terrorists um i remember playing soldiers in the garden you know fighting the germans because obviously within the history books it was world war Two that i was on the back foot of in the 80s so it was almost as if you was allowed to have german terrorists you know it was kind of yeah yeah it was sort of like playing into that field and i think there's a few listeners that probably will under, understand that um but yeah, it's it's interesting to hear what you said there, though, because obviously um, I'm a little bit older than you, so I'm figuring are you? that you You're not, yeah, are you know yeah yeah we've had this conversation <laughs> before do you know what I mean? It's, welcome to the father and son podcast, you know. <laughs> hey, old, son, no, definitely... let me let me let me introduce you to this old action movie. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, what's interesting is I'm figuring you probably would have watched this, what, in the sort of late 90s, early 2000s, was it?
1: Yeah, it was, I think, well, it would have been probably, probably yeah, early 2000s, I would have been sort of a teenager, so. Yeah, uh, and
0: I, I think what's interesting is that I've mentioned to you Die Hard and you've gone, yeah, that's a great movie. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of just shows the test of time for this film. Is it's is I think it really ages well as, as a movie, even though it's brought out in the '80s. And when I put it, when you watch it, it's like whether it's just on TV. It's almost like I feel like I've watched the rest of it, even if I'm halfway through it, and it just gives me that buzz. And uh, yep. it, it and what you got to remember with Die Hard is I I think it was it was a phenomenal movie which completely changed the game and mechanics of action movies. Because at the time, in 1988, you had some really good films out, you know, with Arnold Schwarzenegger Stallone, you know, you had Cobra, you had Predator, you had yeah. Terminator. Um, and then you had to have this... Well, you didn't have to, but you, it was kind of, when you thought of an action movie, it was like a muscle-bound guy that was going to take on the masses, which was fine, you know, because I still love that type of movie. But then all of a sudden you had Die Hard turn up with Bruce Willis, who was a kind of unknown back then. He was known, but he wasn't like a sort of massive action movie star like Schwarzenegger or Stallone. And then he just blows it out of the water with this movie, you know, and mm, it's just like yeah. amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he, he is. Yeah, it's like It just gets you like going, doesn't it? Yeah. When you watch it, it gets you like proper, like, you think, oh, I wish I could do that, you know, like, really wish I could get him, you know, be Bruce Willis. Yeah. It's almost like, um, I don't know, they've obviously taken bits from Bond, haven't they, like, to some extent, because he's, I don't know, the sort of story of uh, a lone guy, like, Mm. taking on these terrible people. Um,
0: Yeah. Um I think what they've done is, I mean what I've always thought with Die Hard is that they've actually picked a actor that actually looks like a police officer. Yeah,
3: so he's yeah. not
0: he's he's tough, he's got some sense of humour. Um he's got you know John McClane says he's got eleven years service. So he's a quarter of the way through his or one third of the way through his career. Yeah. Um and it's a lot about his wit, isn't it? But then what, I've, what I do like about the character John McClane is from the beginning, when, you, when you're when introduced to him, he is just a normal bloke as well because he's got marriage problems. Yeah, He's probably got some money <laughs> issues. Um, it's, you know, and when he goes to the Nokotomi party on the 30th floor, <laughs> he's kind of like a fish out of water, isn't he? With all this corporate bollocks. Yeah, you know, it's just like you know, you got these that uh, what's he Ellis guy snorting a bit of eighties cocaine and being a twit. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah it's, and all these like posh people like yeah. swanky drinks and he's this like, rough and ready bloke, isn't he? Like, oh, this is not my cup of tea. Like, exactly.
0: Yeah, he's <laughs> you know, it's a Rolex. You know, yeah. Like, oh, fuck <laughs> off.
1: <laughs> he's probably used to going down the local dive bar, isn't he, and having a couple of pints of. Um, oh, exactly. You yeah. know. And a few shots of Jack Daniels, you know, at the bar. And...
0: Exactly. I, I think John McLean would be down, yeah. He's, he's He's got a bit of rock music and yeah. he's having a few beers and he's probably getting on his harmonica and he gets on the stage, doesn't he? He's having a good laugh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, it fits his, fits his character profile,
0: definitely. Take your shoes off, John. <laughs> 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 um... But yeah, so you, I, I mean, you
1: wouldn't want to fuck about with him, would you, John Well, this
0: is the thing. This is the thing with John McClane is that he's he's not a stereotypical type of action hero, but he holds his own and you wouldn't want to fuck with him. And that's what these German terrorists find out, isn't it? Um, yeah. And like you say, it's... The thing that's on John McClane's mind is his marriage to his wife and he's thinking, I've fucked all this up. And then the next thing you know... Um, Hans Gruber and his men turn up are a badass, by the way. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, they are... Now, they are your stereotypical terrorists, aren't they, in the 80s? Like, if you're talking about terrorists that are in Robocop, like, you know, Clarence Bodica. Mm.
3: um,
0: I've always thought that um, Hans Gruber and Clarence Bodica are kind of like your fucking menacing school teachers. Very educated. Yeah. But they're going to try and kill you at the same time do you know what I mean mm. very cleverly um,
1: yeah and they don't have any like um, they sort of make it humorous don't they with killing you it's always yeah, like yeah, yeah. they find it hilarious that they're killing you whereas like I mean you. Were, I, I don't I never found when I watched it I never found them scary you know what I mean I didn't, they didn't scare me they sort of made me laugh like because they were just so well, Hans Gruber was just so funny, wasn't he, when he mm. was like and his one liners that he come out with and um yeah, I mean it's Alan Rickman all over, isn't it? Like his his acting style is is brilliant. Um
0: Yeah, and I think what you what you find is is that um the English accent seems to come across very menacing in an American movie. As uh, I think Gary Oldman's done it, isn't he? I think he did it in the Air Force One movie where he played the terrorists. Um. Uh, and they've just got you know, like I think Hannibal Lecter as well. You know, you you put someone with an uh, English accent in an American movie, and they're playing either like a, a a bad guy. It tends to work. Um. And in this work, it works excellent. <laughs> you know, it works pretty well. Um. But then you've got the you've also got the game of cat and mouse now, haven't you? Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: here's and- a mouse? <laughs>
0: And I think this is for me, when I first watched this movie, I was like, right behind John McClane, I was thinking, I want him to succeed, you know, and you think, how is he going to get through all this? And he doesn't even have any shoes, does he? You know, and he's running around, he's got his, <laughs> he's got his vest on, and he? Um,
1: <laughs> he's so, yeah, he's sweaty, isn't he? He's got, like, bits of shit all over him, like, yeah, he's, yeah, he's proper, like, at the bottom of the barrel, isn't he? Like, he's, Got nothing going for him, and then he's got to take on all these these terrorists,
0: like Yeah, and then he's, you know, he's saying all the things that i will probably come out and say. Where he's sort of going, think, think, John, think, how are you going to sort this out? Yeah, and then he comes comes up with an idea. Didn't he to use the um, fire hydrant? And um, all the emergency services start coming along. Didn't he? He, gets, he starts to go, yeah. He's like, yeah, come <laughs> to Papa, man. That's it. Yeah. And then they turn around. He's like, "No, no, no, motherfuckers! No, yeah. what are you doing?"
1: <laughs> and then, yeah, it was, it was a um, bit that made me laugh. You know, this film was like, you got that limousine driver, haven't you, in it as well? Oh, girl. Yeah, yeah. He he was absolutely hilarious, wasn't he?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. He brings a bit of comic relief to it as well, doesn't he? at the beginning, yeah. You know, where. <laughs> He's talking about Bruce Willis's teddy bear, isn't he, at the back of the car, isn't it? You know
1: <laughs> Yeah, and he's just all waiting outside, isn't he? Like, as if, oh, what's going on? And then there's all this... <laughs> I mean, there's a point in the film where there's this massive explosion at the bottom and um, he's like,
2: fuck, shit!
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 that's it, yeah. He's <laughs> or got someone
1: the... someone lands on his car, is that right?
0: No, no, that happens later on. That happens to uh, Sergeant Powell, doesn't it? Oh, oh yeah. Um,
1: yeah. <laughs> Sergeant Powell? Yeah, Al Al Powell, isn't he? he he saves um. There's this like sort of thing going around that he Al, he's, he saves like Christmas, doesn't he? Or he's like the unsung hero of um the <laughs> Nakatomi Tower terrorist attack. Yeah, <laughs> but he's a legend. He's he's probably my favourite character. Oh, dude. he's great.
0: Yeah, because he is the he is like the middleman here, isn't he, between John McClane and all the other police officers that turn up. Um, and they, he, he starts to strike a bond, doesn't he, with John McClane? And then that's where he comes out and he says the uh, to the captain, isn't he? he goes, I, how do you know he's a police officer? And he goes, well, he knows a phony ID. And he goes, God's sake, Al, <laughs> phony ID? What the hell are you saying? You know. It's like <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, and I, I like it because uh, that's kind of jumping onto another scene, isn't it? Where Bruce has, or John McCain's taken out some of the terrorists um, and he throws the body out, doesn't he? Because he's thinking, right, we're going to have to try and convince this guy that there is a terrorist attack in this yeah. building and he uses the um, chair, doesn't he? And he throws the body out the window. And I've got a little clip here, actually, where he comes out and says, Welcome to the party, pal. And i just play that right now. That's just you know, it's just a cool scene, isn't it? Do you know, what I mean, I, I think that gets, I, she's used a lot, doesn't it, in little clips for the eighties. Yeah, um, it's, it's,
1: it's banging. And th- yeah, and then that is the moment where like you sort of realise, fuck, we need to we need to get this guy some help, don't we? We need to get him mm. John McClane a bit of uh, assistance, but and then the oh, the old FBI come along, don't they? And then <laughs> Al Powers like thinking this FBI. Boss is absolutely useless, isn't he? He's not a clue what he's
0: doing. Yeah, it's so like uh, Agent Johnson and Agent Johnson, no relation, you know, so it's just yeah. like And then Sergeant Powell talks to the police captain, doesn't he? He goes, uh was it is it Dwayne? Captain Dwayne, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah. our power system, do you want a breath mint? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. But there's a few other bits that that, um or before that, which is classic. Obviously, you've got the um, Alan Rickman's character um, Hans Gruber,
3: Hans Gruber,
0: who can't get the codes, can he, to the vault? So he's ba- they're basically they are terrorists, but they're basically robbers, aren't they? You know, they want money, you want financial gain. Yeah. Um, and this is where I always think. I think we said this before. You need your You need your bad guys to act in a bad way to get behind your protagonist. And then, obviously, Hans Gruber kills the Nukatami boss, doesn't he? Yeah. And he actually does it without any sort of remorse, doesn't he? Just shoots him straight through the head. Mm. Right, you can't give me the codes, that's it. You're indisposable to me, and that's it. And I think from that point for for this movie, it's kind of like, right, even though you're very sort of well-dressed, you're very well-educated you are happy to just kill someone, you know, fucking in cold blood, isn't it? And I think it's from that point onwards where you can say, right, now John McClane needs to try and sort this shit out, um, which I think works really well with for the film.
1: Yeah, no, definitely does. Yeah, uh, he's, um, I mean, yeah, like you said, no remorse. It's like he, he makes it kind of entertaining, doesn't he? Almost. Yeah, yeah. For him and his body, he's like, like, um, and then you think, shit, this is like, shit is going to get real now because this has happened and and then you've got, I think you mentioned him earlier, the bloke that was sniff- sniffing the 80s coke, you know, <laughs> who is um, obviously a bit of a, w- a wet lettuce, isn't he? Mm. Um, and he's, there's a point where they're like, is he sort of trying to help the terrorists,
0: isn't he? Yeah, well, he's he's, he's he's trying to sort of bring a business approach to it, isn't it? You know, where he says, oh, well, you know, I, I do million-dollar deals each day and I think I can do it with these guys. And he goes in, takes them upon himself. And um, he tries to strike a deal, did not he, with Hans Gruber by saying, you know, I can get John McClain for you. Yeah. And he yeah, thinks that's going to tie this whole thing up. But then that's obviously where John comes out and says... He says on the radio doesn't he? he says you do not know this guy i know him um ellis tell him you don't know me do you know what i mean and i think it's really good from john mccain's point of view where he's just trying everything he can and that's obviously been broadcast over to the police outside which can hear him and then obviously uh huns just shoots him like he did the nokatomi boss yeah so, yeah um, i mean as much as this ellis guy is a complete fucking douchebag mm. he didn't deserve to die obviously but he does so um, but then he's, bef- yeah
1: he's like a bit of a sort of feel a bit sorry for him in a way because he's obviously he's obviously doesn't really know what he's getting himself into is he he's no like, and oh. I think
0: that's where he's corporateness and I suppose he he's character is kind of like living in this cotton wool world yeah where he thinks that he can he can try and do business deals and that's how his world works and he can sort of give all the gab um, but then Bruce Willis or John McClane is like I know that the world isn't like that mm. and you've got to fucking put your guard up with these people and they're going to fucking kill you
1: otherwise Yeah, so exactly, yeah.
0: There's a little bit of because that's what I like about Die Hard it's kind of like it goes a little bit deep in some areas but then it kind of goes a little bit light and then obviously John McClane's got some wit And I like the progression of his character from... At the beginning, he's kind of hiding, isn't he? And he's trying to sort of get away from the threat and still do something about it. But I notice as soon as his shirt starts getting ripped and more dirty, and he finds the cigarettes, doesn't he? He goes, oh, these are really bad for you. (laughs) And then he does the most badass thing in the world where he... um, puts Carl in the elevator doesn't he his first kill yeah. and then he writes now I have a machine gun ho Is that, ho he puts ho him yeah. on
1: the, he puts him on the chair doesn't he he's yeah he's got and, some kind of Christmas outfit on or
0: not <laughs> yeah that's it yeah he puts a little Christmas hat on him um, you know and then Hans Gruber just comes in and goes ho 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 <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well,
1: that's a point isn't it because there is a bit of a debate about this film oh, as God, to whether yeah. it, it is a Christmas film or not.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, what do you think about that?
0: Give you a quick answer: it's a Christmas movie. There's no, there's no messing about. What, what yeah. you've, the only thing that kind of uh, at the time this came out as a summer movie, I think. I think it came out in July, so they released it as a summer blockbuster, which worked. Um, but it's a Christmas movie. I mean, it's, it's Christmas Eve. There's a guy with a Christmas hat, there's a ho ho ho. There's a Christmas tape at the end. And even when Bruce Willis is running around with the machine gun, I don't know if you can hear it, but you can hear some jingle bell tones just going ding 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 ding. ding, ding. Yeah? Yeah, yeah yeah, I mean? no, yeah, yeah,
1: definitely.
0: Um, <laughs> so I think that's done on purpose, just to sort of give it that sort of Christmas theme. Um but yeah, I think um, as as John McClane progresses through this ordeal or, you know, adventure in a tower block, he becomes a bit more sort of... Uh, there's a clip that I played at the beginning of the show, which is where he's, you know, Tone screever is like, is this the cowboy? Like that. And he goes, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's me. Unless you're gonna open the fucking door for me, do you know? he goes, <laughs> Do you really think you got any chance? He goes, You'd be gay, motherfucker. And, yeah, he does uh, that's a classic line, you'd be
1: gay, motherfucker. Yeah, oh, brilliant is, isn't it? Uh, but,
0: yeah that- <laughs> But you know, he's But the other thing as well with this film I find is and this is what makes it a standout action movie for the time, is there's nothing in this film that i don't think you could do so everything that john mcclain does is basically um it's plausible so you know with him in the elevator so he climbs down the elevator goes up the elevator um and he jumps off the top of the roof with a fire hydrant and he puts um c4 doesn't he and detonates it down the bottom of the elevator so all the action scenes in this is is plausible which kind of makes it Mm. real for me which i think works really well for for die hard
1: yeah definitely And he's obviously like struggling isn't he because he's got limited ammo he's got you know he's got a bit of c4 Like he's he's working with what he's got and he does obviously in the end it turns out that he he um you know he comes off better than the rest of them yeah Yeah. But there's a, the, the, the thing that makes me laugh about one of the uh, the baddies is that is the guy that looks like a heavy metal singer. He's got like long blonde hair, isn't it?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, I all have,
1: yeah, yeah. And he's like running around with his like two MP5. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, again. He's probably I think he's the scariest baddie in it because he just fucking looks like.
0: Yeah, there's <laughs> the um. There's, I can't remember the actor's name now, but he was in Ghostbusters 2. Oh, right. Okay. He was, um, Vigo, Vigo, didn't he? The, um, the medieval um, magician. Um, and then, uh, yeah, there's a couple of in there that just like, come out from an 80s rock band as well, didn't they? You know? Yeah. Is <laughs> <laughs> his name Carl in the film? Oh, that's Carl, isn't it? Yeah, that's the guy. Um, yeah, that's him. Yeah, I, I got okay. his name wrong. But that's he, so the first terrorist that John McClane kills in the grey tracksuit is his brother. Yeah, and so he's like, kind of, wants
1: to seek revenge, doesn't he? He's that's like, it,
0: oh, it becomes personal. I want, his blood. Yo, yeah. not <laughs> you know? Um, and then you've got the uh, computer tech geek guy, haven't you, you know? He's, yeah,
1: yeah, he's hacking all the cameras and he? and he's like, the computer stuff, he's like controlling all the lifts. And, yeah, yeah. The lights, yeah, he's yeah. It's always what, but that's a classic film. Like, there's always a computer nerdy guy, isn't it, that does all that, and he got these hard bastards, yeah, and he got this sort of manipulative leader Hans Gruber. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just, it's very, I wouldn't say cliche, but like it's, there's a certain, you know, it's like a levels of bosses like in a video game, isn't there? Like, yeah, we, it's kind of you know,
0: like what we said on the Crow episode, wasn't it? You know, it's yeah. like John McClane goes through different levels of bosses here, doesn't he? Um, and, you know, the main boss has usually got a little bit of an extra health bar. Um, Carl will just be the henchman, and I think that's what you were talking about, wasn't it, with with James Bond, wasn't it? Hans, yeah. Hans Gruber is the, the main, you know, bad guy. Carl's, like, the henchman, and then there's all the other guys around it. Um, and then, obviously, you've got Bond, who's trying to sort of save the world, but in this case, John McCain's trying to save everybody in the Nokotami Plaza um, but yeah no he's got some wit um, like I say there's some incredible action scenes like I say look, there's a bit where he puts the special forces turn up don't they
1: oh yeah yeah or the SWAT team down the bottom
0: yeah <laughs> and the tech gig goes the police have themselves an RV <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> He's and uh, John McCain's guy. telling me, he says, no, don't do it, Al, get him to pull back, I know these guys, I know what they're doing, don't, don't yeah. get him to come in, isn't it, you know, um, and then John has enough, doesn't he, because the RV gets destroyed by some um, rocket launchers.
1: Oh yeah, God, yeah, yeah. they're probably can go to town on the police, don't they, it's like... yeah, are they just, yeah, God, it's... I think yeah, because they don't listen to John McLean, do they? It's like, well, they just do what do what they think's right, and then John's like, no, and they're like, yeah, fuck this guy in this tower that <laughs> tell us what to do. And yeah, then I think they quickly realised after that happens that oh shit, we probably should listen to him.
0: Yeah, that's where he gets the C four, doesn't he? And he goes right, take this for some advice, asshole, yeah. doesn't he? And he just like goes, "Chironimo, asshole," like that, chucks it down, <laughs> and just like blows the whole fucking first floor of the building, doesn't he? <laughs>
1: That's excellent. And yeah. then one of, I mean, the, what, yeah.
0: one of the terrorists comes out and he goes, they said the artillery on us. And he goes, no, <laughs> that's him. You know what I mean? It's that typical <laughs> yeah. sort
1: of... That's the, that's the mouse, one guy. He's after always. all,
0: he's fucking yeah. <laughs> <sighs> up. Um, and then John McClane's on the radio and he's, our pal, and he's like, I don't know what you're doing in there, John, but it worked. he's like, I think you're, <laughs> I think you're taking about three. <laughs> and he says, what's it like down there?" He goes well it's all okay but it was gonna need a shitload of screen glass <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: oh,
1: What's your favorite what was your favorite action scene in this movie then? Like, if you had to pick one.
0: Oh it's, um, it's so many
1: no, there's a lot of the light.
0: Like, there's an awful lot of light but I think the main one for me is the one at the end when he's got the helicopters on the roof and he's getting shot at because he knows that there's like a double cross doesn't he, and that, um Hans Gruber is basically going to put all the terrorists on the roof and detonate it, make it look like they've, um, they're all dead basically isn't it but then John McCain's got to jump off the rooftop doesn't he with a fire hydrant now if you didn't think all those other action scenes were badass, you've now got this scene. I'll never even think about going up in a tall building again. God,
3: please don't let me die.
1: I yeah, they're it's... like, oh, what was <laughs> it's mental, isn't it? This you is know, but...
0: basically the pinnacle of Die Hard, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's like wrapping a fire hydrant around yourself and then jumping off the roof as soon as the roof blows. It's like, <laughs> holy shit now. hell.
1: <laughs> it probably gets your, your goosebumps going, doesn't it? Definitely. It's like, this, this is the moment.
0: I think I... I watched this film when I was about 12 years old and I was like, that is just amazing, you
1: know? Yeah. Absolutely
0: badass. Um, and I think at 12 years old, all the swear words just went over my head. It wasn't about that. It was just like, I'm watching like the most amazing action movie. Mm. And I kept on rewinding that on the VHS tape. <laughs> 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 oh, dear. It's like, VHS tape. Yeah, 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 this was a... <laughs> This was a VHS rental, which I wasn't supposed to watch, I guess, uh, I did. I
2: mean, you I it out, did you?
0: I think there's a lot of people out there, I know, listening to this going, yeah, we did that as well, yeah. <laughs>
1: you know. <laughs> was down the local Blockbuster, eh? Uh,
0: oh. No, this wasn't Blockbuster. I remember this was the local Video store. This was a private VHS rental store that I got this from. Um, and they even gave me the um, Die Hard poster as well, which I wish I still had because it was wow. the original VHS poster from the, um, that shop, which I've mentioned many a times, Smell of the smoke from the guy that was chain smoking in that shop, you know. <laughs> 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 I, can, I can
1: I can picture it now, RJ. I can picture oh. it. A little you in a classic, what, well, would it have been in the 80s or early 90s?
0: Um, So, 88, 89. Yeah, only nineties, I think. Sort of late eighties, early nineties.
1: I could picture um, you in your in your skinny fit jeans.
0: Oh. Yeah.
1: You know. Little bit of a mop head <laughs> going in there. Got your deep purple T shirt on. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Picking up your diehard VHS and going, Oh, I got a great poster and they're coming out smelling of Lambert and Butler.
0: <laughs> well, that's right. Yeah, I mean, if I could bottle that uh, smell, and use it, put it in some aftershave for Christmas, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I v-
1: you'd attract many women, would you? <laughs>
0: VHS store from the eighties. You know? <laughs> I mean, funny thing is, I can still smell it now. You know, it, it takes takes me back to a wonderful place. You know, having a look at the horror section as well, and all those horror movies, and your imagination just flies. Yeah, I, I can't that's... tell you how many times I've mentioned this on my show, but it's a magic. Magic, magic moment. Um, But funny, um, on this conversation, I do remember Die Hard coming out in the cinema and seeing the trailers. Um, I suppose
1: you weren't weren't old enough to go and watch it, were you?
0: Oh, no. No, but when I saw the trailer and I saw the poster, I thought, this is a special movie. Mm. Even at my age, um, I just thought, that that looks amazing. Because I think in the trailer, you see John McCain on 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 the elevator and... You know, running around with a machine gun. I thought, oh man, this looks amazing. Because on the um, on the poster, you notice you only get like a half cut of Bruce Willis's face. Yeah, and they did that on purpose because they because Bruce Willis wasn't like an A list actor then. Right. Okay. As as a sort of commercial um, marketing thing, they just thought we'd just give him a half cut, um, just to make him blend in. That's interesting,
1: isn't it? Because you think. I mean, yeah, he's like... Well, he obviously becomes big after this film, but like... Yeah. Slice him in half just to... Because he's not a big big, big actor yet. It's, it's
0: yeah. But even though they've done that, I still think that poster looks cool with just a half cut of uh, Bruce Willis's face next to the Nakatomi Plaza with the explosion at the top. I just think that's an awesome-looking poster.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah.
0: But, um, yeah, Bruce Willis, a little bit of... Um, Trivial on that I mean he got he still got paid five million dollars which was an awful lot of money for, Blimey, a yeah. for an actor back then um, and then of course after this film he, I, I noticed that Bruce Willis was basically John McClane and all the other movies that he yeah. did <laughs> you know what I mean it's just like
3: <laughs> he's
1: got a certain acting style hasn't he I mean I think it's like some actors can't, can't um, change they, or they can change the way they, they act to suit different characters, but it, you watch a Bruce Willis film and you know it's him, don't you? It's like yeah, you, I, I you just mean, hear his voice. You, you don't really have to watch the screen. You could watch the wall, and a, a Bruce Willis film would will come on. And you think, okay, I know it's Bruce Willis in that film. I don't know I probably know what film it is, like just because the way he is. But yeah, I mean I, that's not a negative thing. I don't think. I think that that's that's quite a good thing because that's his persona, isn't it? And that's that's probably what's made him who he is today.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. And- Right. Well, at the same time, I, you know, even though I've said that, I, I still, I still buy into that. So when you when I watch Armageddon, which we've re, we've reviewed, yeah, Harry Palmer is John McClane, you know, yeah, as, a, as an oar Um And then I was watching uh, Pulp Fiction the other day, where he plays Butch the boxer. Oh yeah. <laughs> and when he's in the back of the cab, and he's like. Uh, the, the woman saying oh you're the boxer you're you know the man's dead and, do you want to tell me about it he goes if you give me a cigarette I'll tell you about it like that do you know what I mean he's like oh my god he's just gone into John McClane mate do you know what I mean and he gets a cigarette and, he, and he's and he just like he goes, well I'll give you a quick answer I didn't feel bad about it at all It's <laughs> fucking yeah, I it just yeah, a John McClane my saying it's just, so. the one liner isn't it it's yeah
1: the and then I mean, saying that, um, Sixth Sense, he was in the Sixth Sense, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, maybe up. that is the only film I probably can think of where he sort of deviates slightly from, you know, his persona, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good shout He's kind of
1: a guy and he's like, you know, that little boy is seeing dead people and he's like, he's a therapist, isn't he, in that film? Yeah. But that's, fantastic film as well um have you covered that on this podcast
0: no no not yet no 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 maybe we should do that one actually bit of M. Night Shyamalan um but no I think you're right I think um that's a good shout actually because there's no point during that movie where he's really like the Bruce Willis um uh John doesn't bring John McClane into that does he no because he's a very sort of um Almost like a little bit shy and intimidating, isn't he? Uh, or he's just a different character to what he has played before. And I think that works really well for Bruce Willis. And I do like it when you have... Um... Someone like who's done action then does, like, horror. Or yeah. then just does something completely different to what they're known for. Um... Which kind of works. But, um... But he, yeah. I
1: mean, he was in the Expendables as well, wasn't he? He, was, he,
0: he was does, that. yeah, that's right. Yeah, he turns up. In, he, he's um, he turns up in the Expendables, doesn't
1: he? Yeah, and what's was another film? Surrogates. Have you seen that? Yes, that's, that's
0: right. Film. Yeah, that's the other one.
1: Um, but I was looking at his um, IMDb profile the other day, and it was like he's doing a lot this year and next year. He's got about, I he's got about seven or eight movies in the in the pipeline. Mm. <laughs> Which is a bit weird, like, for an actor. So he's, like, got something called Fortress, American Siege, Gasoline Alley, A a Day to Die, The Wrong Place, which are in post-production at the minute. Vendetta, Die die Light Lovers, Corrective Measures, White Elephant, Paradise City, and Fortress 2. But, um, yeah, it's a bit odd. odd. I don't know, these are all films or TV shows or games as well, because there's a lot going on. For his you know, for his age and he's got a lot going on at the minute.
0: Yeah, I think he's looking for another hit, isn't he? But he hasn't had one, has he? Um, No. I think he's sort of gone into the sort of Nicolas Cage realms where he's making a lot of films and every time, you know, is it the old saying that you throw enough shit at the wall so it might stick? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's just grasping at everything, isn't he? Yeah.
0: um, But it's a shame at the same time because, like I say, he, he has... Bruce Willis has done some fantastic movies um, but it's just a shame that sort of later on in his life or as an actor it's just kind of just the bars just dipped a little bit but who knows you know the the film world is a funny place it only just takes that one movie for him just to sort of elevate it's like a roller yeah. coaster isn't it yeah um, but you know for, summer of 1988 for Bruce Willis was a good time um, he will always I think this is probably his the role that he will be known for the most um, and quite rightly so
1: yeah I think you're absolutely right it, it, it's sort of defining isn't it for him I guess and yeah, everyone yeah. knows Bruce Willis in Die Hard and everyone's going to watch it at Christmas time and I've, I'll certainly be watching it again in a couple of weeks because it's the time of year yeah um, and yeah it's Bizarre. I mean, it's something cosy about watching Die Hard at Christmas time, isn't it? Even though well, it's not a very cosy film. <laughs> I think a lot of people would
0: agree with you. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, it's, uh, it is. You know, I think it's uh, definitely one where you need to turn off all the lights, have a couple a bit of, of more wine, you know.
1: Yeah. Um, you got this bastard, crazy bloke running around killing German terrorists on your TV yeah. at Christmas time. <laughs>
0: But there's a bit that we've got to mention where he meets Hans Gruber, doesn't he, before the rooftop scene? Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Go and, on. Uh, you know, he's basically sort of, ah, don't kill me. And he goes, hey, 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 just calm down. He goes, you stick with me, you stay alive, you know. Uh, and then he gets his name, doesn't he? He gives him a false name. Um, then he gives him a gun. He says, you ever shot a gun? He goes, oh, I did a bit of paintball every now and again, doesn't he? <laughs> <I remember." laughs> He tries to shoot John McCain doesn't he? And he goes, oh, no yeah. fucking bullets. Did that with Mr. Dicari, didn't you? That's it.
1: <laughs> He's like, not, he... not pulling the wool over my eyes, are yeah, you? Yeah, <laughs> and then he comes out,
0: and then John McClane comes out with that. That's a pretty good accent, Han. Huh? You want to go on TV with that fucking accent? <laughs> <Yeah. That's>
1: like... <laughs> there's there's a, a millions of one-liners and it's felt with that. He's mental.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and... Um...
1: Custic scene, though
0: there's another scene which you know he's and this is the thing and and, and it is like he the the character of John McClane is like being in a building and jumping from floor to floor so you go high you go low you go midway Mm. which I think is very clever so he's got all the wit he's got all the character he's scared um, but then ultimately he's thinking about his wife as well and there's a fantastic scene where um, Hans shoots the glass doesn't he and um Bruce gets all the glass in his feet. And he has this moment with our power where he basically says, you know, look, you know, what's what's the odds on me at the moment? You know, oh yeah, yeah say, it's a sad bit, isn't it? And He it's basically really comes out and says, Look, the captain the Captain don't like you, but we all do. And we all love you, man. He says, Well He says, I just want you to do me a favour and just tell my wife that I love her and tell her that mm. I'm sorry. And you've got and this is really um progressive I think for the 80s with action movies is you've actually got your main character crying yeah over his wife
1: and a man as well yeah
0: it's Um, interesting and this is why I think Die Hard works and this is why people love Die Hard because I think you've got a character that you can relate to Mm. Um, because he's got all the traits of let's face it all of us you know everyday life you know we've got these issues Mm. and uh, he's trying to save the day and do the good thing, and I think that's why people fucking love this movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. I mean,
1: he's just suddenly, he's obviously in a bit of a, at that point, he's in a bit of a dark dark place, he's like, fuck, he's like, look, I'm I'm on my own, no one's helping me, Mm. Um, I've got to deal with these terrorists, my wife's up there, and I love her, and and I might not be able to see her again, and I've got kids with her, and stuff like that, and it's like, yeah, it's like he he's really hits rock bottom, and then it's almost like you could say, like, he's it's like you could metaphorize it to pe- anything in your own life, couldn't you? Like, you go through bad stages and then you pull yourself out of it. Um, yeah, but this is obviously done in a few few scenes of an action film, which yeah, yeah. You, it's relatable. Um, it's getting a bit deep, isn't it, RJ? But you know, no, I think,
0: I, um. And I think that's where this film's supposed to take you, to that point, and that's why people get behind because that's why I say it's important that the bad guys are really bad and the good guy is good. But then you find out a little bit about his backstory and you get behind him even more. And then yeah. all of a sudden, it's back to John McClane doing his stuff again, where he's like, he's all the time he's thinking, he's thinking, and then he goes, "I've got two rounds left." And this is kind of like the end scene boss, isn't it? Where he, he mm. looks at the Christmas tape, doesn't he? And it kind of goes, dun, 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 <laughs> like that, didn't he? And then it's, <laughs> he's got his hands behind his back, isn't he? He's going, hon! like that. And then his wife's been caught, cool, isn't it? Because obviously, oh yeah, we've got to mention that dickhead, didn't we? The uh, broadcaster, wasn't it? Eat, oh yeah. Eat it, Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> And there you go, you've got, you got the sorry, but I'll be a bit controversial here. You've got the fucking media that's ruining it all for everybody, isn't it? Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, that, yeah, God, I mean, they've had them in a great lie, don't they? God.
0: Well, there you go. You they're not lying, are they? Not really? Sorry. Slightly controversial. with the you media,
1: go. we're very sorry, but we're a bit anti media. Well,
0: there you go. <laughs> um, yeah sure there's a few dickheads like this worth. Well, I won't get into that, sorry. <laughs> anyway. we are got a guy for one here, right yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Sorry. Anyway, you got this uh, cock anyway, haven't you? Spoils it for everybody. Yeah. Um. So then that obviously puts Bruce Willis or John McClane into a situation where um, they find out that's his wife. So the bit I was just about to say where, you know, he's got his hands behind his back now, hasn't he? and he starts laughing then he He goes (laughs) like that and then he fucking just draws then he He fucking shoots one of these sort of co-terrorists and then he he fucking just shoots um, Huns through the stomach I think isn't it and this is where he goes out through the window and you've got the Rolex haven't you funny enough which was mentioned at the beginning with Ellis yeah um and then old Hans gets dropped to his death, he? And apparently, um, the stunt coordinators, they, they had Alan Rickman hanging from a line and they didn't tell him that he was going to get dropped. Oh, really? I think it was about <laughs> five metre drop or something like that onto some cushions and they just dropped it. So his reaction is just... its real? His reaction, yeah, which is very clear.
3: Nice.
1: Yeah, and that is a that is a classic scene. He's like... he's yeah. like his hands... I mean it's called Hans Gruber but his hands are like in the air aren't they and he's yeah. like he's falling and that's
0: it. it what's something about bad guys falling out the window. I think the um, <laughs> same thing happens in Robocop doesn't it? With... Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's probably the worst death isn't it? it? It sounds very dark but like it's almost like a sense of accomplishment that this this person who's killed all these people and wanted to kill all, kill all these innocent people is Got his comeuppance at the end of it, hasn't he? So, yeah. Yeah. So you can sort of justify it in a way, but for a film, obviously, not in, real, in reality.
0: But. Yeah, and then he's mm. he takes a uh, jumped up Rolex watch with him as well. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for anybody that owns a Rolex. Sorry, I want <laughs> one today. Do you know what I mean? I just, oh, I just don't like all this pompous shite. Sorry. Nah. There you go. Sorry. I
1: won't. A lump of metal on your wrist. That's all it is. <laughs>
0: That's Sorry, I'm on Monday Because it's Christmas, that's why, do you know what I mean? <laughs> and you know that, you're
1: not probably not going to get a Rolex for Christmas, already, are you? Mate, so. <laughs>
0: don't, please don't do that. Just give me, a, give me a fucking Casio, mate. I'll be happy with that, <laughs> do you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> do the same thing, you know, do the same thing.
0: Oh, dear. But, yeah, no, that's what I mean. Uh, John McClane saves the day, gets back to his wife. Um... Uh, Agent Johnson and Johnson get taken out, don't they, with the um, blast? Um, Yeah. Yep. But and then old uh, was it old uh, Dwayne, wasn't it? The old captain outside, isn't it? He's just basically. I think. um, Oh, that's right. At the end, isn't it? Um, He didn't die, did he? He doesn't. No, no, no. It's not him. It's the. um, I've forgotten his name now. The gingerhead uh, guy does the broadcast the bad guy from Ghostbusters 2
1: oh yeah I know who you mean yeah yeah.
0: when um, John McClane's walking out with his wife she basically punches him in the face doesn't she yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh dear
1: well again that's uh, another baddie getting his comeuppance in some some respect, isn't it oh and then of
0: course you've got the see there's so much going on in this film I've sort of flitted past it but you get the um, I'm jumping back a bit here you get the main fight scene between Carl, didn't you, and John McClane. And he's punching him, isn't he? And then he wraps a load of chains around him. Oh, and he yeah. basically oh, gets hung yeah. chains, doesn't he? But.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's so much going on in this film. It's yeah. Just, like, it's just continuous action, isn't it? It's like it's just continuous shooting, fighting. The odd moment where they have a moment, you know, sad, sad scene. And then, you know, it's continuous. They like, for that, that scene
0: with the chains. <laughs> and I was talking to um, Dan, you know, Dan Bone about this with Twins. We were saying about, like, chains in the 80s, you know, because there's a scene in that where the bad guy gets covered in chains mm. and then Cole gets killed by, like, chains in this. You know, mm. there's like little traits of the 80s where they chuck things like that in. But then, obviously, again, this is another thing where you think you've killed someone and there's probably no way that character's going to come back, but he does. Yeah, and old Cole didn't he goes like that, and then old pal just shoots him, didn't he? Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> that's why he's a legend. He is, Powell. yeah, Sergeant yeah. Pal What a guy, eh?
0: Sergeant Powell's Poor. great. That's what I mean. It's just brilliant. Poor but um, Was he? I think
1: at the beginning of the film, he was just on his like patrol, wasn't he? Buying a. Was he buying donuts? Or he's buying
0: yeah. a Twinkie, wasn't he? Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which kind of gets brought up again in the in the other movies, isn't it? But, um Poor yeah. bloke, and he's he's been he's like on his
1: own, on his own. He's been wrapped up in all this yeah. stuff.
0: God damn it! I need support. My car's getting turned into Swiss cheese, isn't it? <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So on the whole, it's just a solid action movie, which I think just changed the dynamics of action movies from '88. Yeah. Um, because you got a lot of rip-offs after this, because everybody thought, oh, you know. Uh, a Siege movie, so you had um uh, under, under Siege with uh, Steven Seagal, which was... Cool oh, yeah, yeah.
1: They tried to rip that off big time, didn't they? Um,
0: Van Damme had a go, didn't he? With, yeah. Uh, sudden death, ice hockey game, you know. <laughs> um, instead <laughs> well, of, him, saying, instead of him being a policeman, he's a fireman, isn't he? off g fireman, you know. <laughs>
1: So corny, aren't they? Van Damme and Steven Scout are just the pinnacle of corny action films.
0: Yeah. And then you've got the uh, Gerard Butler film and you have White House Down.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's always um, Angel
0: It's the same thing. I think you did Angels Has Fallen. They're the same um, dynamic.
1: Yeah. Angels um, fallen, and But I've, I quite enjoyed that film, actually.
0: Honestly. Yeah, I've got... Yeah, I won't lie to you. I've, I must admit, they're, they're kind of cheesy action movies, but... I think the point is, I mean, as much as these films are rip-offs, what I'd say is, I still enjoy watching them. Yeah. Um, so I'm all for a Siege movie where you've got one person against the masses. So I think it works. Yeah, um, it's cool, but I it? think it's the same as, I'm always going to go back to Die Hard being the <laughs> sort of founding movie of that. Um, same as, like, Indiana Jones. Razor of the Lost Ark. You know, if you bring out a film that's someone trying to find some treasure, you kind of go, well, "It's like Indiana Jones." Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, They're uh, classics,
1: aren't they? Complete classics. Like, yeah, you're it's... never going to be able to. You're never going to be able to make a film like it. That's as yeah. original as it. If you know what I mean. So,
0: what do you think of the sequels to these? Do you enjoy them?
1: Um, I do not mind the second one. Hmm. Um, I think they got a bit silly. Um, after that, but. I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd watch them. I mean, it's not like The Crow, where the. the allegedly, the the um, sequels were shit, but I, they're not bad, but they're okay. I mean, it's just because Bruce Willis is back, isn't he? It's like he's back in. and something else is happening again, and, yeah, and then so you've got the airport problem. How can um, the
0: same shit happen to the same guy twice? Yeah. yeah
1: so <laughs> exactly, yeah. Number two um, on, yeah. But I think number two was good. Um, mm-hmm. Third one, okay. Um, wasn't there, a, there was a, a really recent one, wasn't there? Was it?
0: Oh my God, that was shit.
1: Two, was it 2.0 or something
0: like that? No, no. no see, I thought uh, number two was great. Number three I really enjoyed. Number four... Die Hard um, 4, that was it, yeah. Number, I, I, I enjoyed number four, if I'm honest with you, because I thought it was, there were was some good die-hard scenes in that and I thought they just ramped it up a little bit where... Mm. You know what I just said? you know, In the first movie, it's kind of plausible... You know, yeah. with what he does. Um, number two, I think they just raise the bar a little bit, you know, with him having a fight on an aeroplane wing and all that, which is great. Um, number three, I think they bring it back down to, like, the realms of number one. Uh, just where John McClane's kind of got a hangover, which is great, you know. I have got a really bad fucking headache if you've got a <laughs> parasol. hard
1: with it. Die Hard with Avengers. Yeah, so, and I, I think, see, think it's just yeah. great
0: how he says, hey, Dickhead, that is your name, Dickhead, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's is the one line that's
1: to call, yeah. come back, not it? Yeah, that's it. <laughs>
0: um, and then number four, I think it just kind of brings Bruce Willis into almost like a sort of superhero-type character where he's jumping on top of a um fighter jet. Um But... You know, as a movie, I can't. I kind of enjoyed it because it, it was kind of like a little bit of a uh, knock on his character, where he's not really in with all the tech stuff. No, so yeah. that that kind of worked. But number five, oh my god, oh my god, <laughs> oh, I don't. I, what the? Killed it,
1: killed it in there. That it? was terrible. Yeah, it destroyed it.
0: Um,
1: um, but the first one, you're never going to beat it. No. It's, always, it's always a classic, isn't it? It's always the original one, yeah.
0: Scott, yeah, it's got a good cracking poster, cast, yep. characters, story, action, you know, it's just, it's just it's a 10 out of 10 for me, all day long. And I
1: bet everyone that everyone that listens to this show will have, will watch it at some point this time of year.
3: Yeah. I bet. And yeah anybody,
1: all the film buffs out there, you're going to be watching it, on you? I think you so. Tell me <laughs> if I'm wrong on the Facebook group.
0: <laughs> Kung Fu Dave, you're wrong. I'm go never back, watching
1: Die Hard at Christmas.
0: Go back into your corner with your fucking Olympic medal and all your other shit and fuck off. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, I think um, that's the other thing. I don't really hear many people say that they don't like this, even people who aren't really fans of the action genre. It's
1: No, yeah. Yeah. I give it. I give it. What would you give it out of ten, RJ? Oh, it's a
0: out 10, ten out of ten for me all day long, mate.
1: Yeah, definitely. Easy. You can't. You can't. You can't not. Can you? Mm. It's definitely a ten. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: dear. Ten. Ten Twinkies or whatever. <laughs> ten.
1: Yeah. I think every other review now is going to be out of ten Twinkies, isn't it? Twink Twinkies. Yeah. I'll <laughs> we'll do it out of Twinkies. The <laughs> pro was probably. Uh, I probably give it a solid eight Twinkies out of ten Twinkies.
0: It's definitely a 10 well there you go then so Dave that is diehard thanks Dave. for joining <laughs> Kung Fu Dave
1: <laughs> thanks
0: for uh, joining me for this episode today that's no, um, been really
1: fun mate it's been really, really, really good
0: fun we were going to do Blade weren't we but we decided to change it for Christmas and talk about a Christmas movie which is as we mentioned earlier was a little bit under debate amongst fans whether it is or not but I'm going to say it is same here. I yeah.
1: Think, yeah. Top film. Great show. Great company with you today. Thank you very no, much sorry. for having me again.
0: No worries. <laughs> okay, everybody. Well, hope you enjoyed that show. Um, if you haven't seen Die Hard, you just happen not to have seen it, go check it out. Um, if you have seen it go and watch it for the hundredth time like we all have so (laughs) okay Okay. so um, just before I close the show just a little bit of admin for Bite Size Cinema I'm a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network so please go and check out all the other shows on there Um, there's some great stuff being released lately Um, also my other show which is the Mystery Vault Podcast Um, you can find both shows on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, several other players. If you put in um, bite-sized cinema into Google, it takes take you to a listening platform. I've also got a Facebook page. That's where I'm most active. So if you want to contact me, that's the best place to do it. Let me know. Comment on the show. Let me know if there's something I've missed out or there's a bit of trivia I've got wrong. Or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> I am happy to be corrected. No worries. Um... So, yeah, there you go. Um, Merry Christmas, everybody. Hope you enjoy it. Um, and this will probably be the last episode until the new year. So, as always, keep it bite size, keep it safe, and I'll see you soon.
1: yippee motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Merry good... Christmas, everybody, as
0: well. <laughs> From Kung Fu Dave. That's a pretty good fucking accent. You should be on TV with that fucking accent. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Pick Six Movies, The Podcast by The Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and which vs. the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health,